Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Dr. Wignall. Yo. We had uh, someone write in on Instagram, actually, and ask us to talk about vicarious trauma. Um, and then the, the ask was fairly general. So I think um, maybe if we just talk about it generally, maybe define it, what it is, and then um, maybe why it's important and what to do about it, that might be a good framework for our conversation. Sounds good to me. Although one request, I think we should also just talk about trauma real quick for in general. Sure. Can you do that? Do you want to do that? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'm the person to do it because I, I feel like I have controversial views about trauma. About trauma? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that controversial. I, I'm not. So recently, the, the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, the recent, most recent version, separated out PTSD into its own category of traumatic disorders. It used to be one of many anxiety disorders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and on a theoretical ground, I'm not super happy about this. I don't actually care in real life. It doesn't impact anything. Um, but I think of trauma as very much an anxiety-based process. Um, and so I'm a little confused as to why they thought it was um, necessary to be its own thing. But in general, trauma is when you experience something basically really scary um, and that fear sticks with you. Is it kind of how I think about it? So let's say you are mugged coming home one night and you're held up at gunpoint, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's just terrifying, you know, and they, they whatever, steal your wallet. And, and then for weeks, months later, like you're having, every time you drive by that part of town, you have kind of like a flashback and you remember that mm-hmm. time and you get, mm-hmm. you get that a similar, a very strong anxiety response then, or you have nightmares about the thing over and over again, or you just, start designing your life such that you try to avoid anything related to that experience, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And usually what happens with, um, with trauma is that like all anxiety, the more you avoid the stuff that creates anxiety in you, the stronger in the long run that anxiety becomes. So it, you create this kind of vicious cycle where you never actually get out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I think of, um, there's the the traumatic event, the thing that happens that is traumatic, but then the trauma response and the trauma dynamic is this this one of things, memories, certain memories or, or triggers sort of produce uh, an anxiety response. And people get caught in this counterintuitive cycle where they try to avoid, understandably, try to avoid having that anxiety come back up again. Mm-hmm. But by avoiding the thing, you're telling your brain, this thing is dangerous. It maintains that right. reaction. Right, and so it maintains right. or even strengthens the mm-hmm. anxiety response. Mm-hmm. I think that was a good definition. Yeah, trauma is uh, kind of the event and the trauma reaction, the, the kind of um, dysfunctional kind of reaction to something like that. And, and to be clear, some of those um, symptoms are really normal to have r- right after something traumatic mm-hmm. happens. Um, but should they should they go on longer than than what what research deems normal? Then we have kind of a traumatic reaction now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, vicarious trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what it what is this exactly? This is the idea that um, people or individuals who hear um, narratives or discussions or people describing their traumatic experiences over and over 
that over time that starts to have an impact on the individual hearing it. So individuals like doctors, psychologists, therapists, um, police, uh, fire, people who are kind of constantly around other people who have been in trauma and are Mm -hmm. talking about trauma. Um, uh, vicarious trauma basically means that you are being impacted by the repetition of these, um, stories basically over and over and over again. Now, is it the idea that you're, that it just, because there's a sort of casual sense of this, which is where like, yeah, if you're hearing really traumatic stuff all the time, like that's going to be pretty stressful. And if if you're constantly hearing that and getting exposed to it, like that's going to be tough on you, you know, Mm -hmm. versus I think maybe a more strict definition might be you are literally going to be traumatized by hearing about other people's trauma. Yeah, and I think research has a different definition of this. Uh, People will say vicarious trauma as if the indirect trauma is traumatizing, but but research shows this uh, much more to be the cumulative effects of kind of hearing these things over and over that could manifest as maybe an anxiety reaction or a depressive reaction or something like that. It's not necessarily that you're traumatized in the same way the individual who um, went through the event directly might be feeling, but that the if the impact of hearing those things over and over has started to gotcha. skew the way you see the world or yourself or... Um, this, is, this is so frustrating. I feel like this is one of the reasons I did not ever get into trauma very much mm-hmm. in grad school and in training because it feels like such a muddy, confused... I always got the sense of like, what are, wait, what are people talking about? It like, sounds like what you're talking about is maybe indirect trauma, right? Where it's like... Maybe. I, yeah. You know, people in California during the World Trade Center, you know, um, event you know, who watched it on TV kind of said, Hey, I'm traumatized as well. And, and there's a discussion about that. That's very muddied about indirect. Can you, can you have indirect trauma where right. you just kind of witness somebody else having that in, in some other mean or mode or, um, avenue and, and can you be indirectly kind of exposed to trauma that way? Yeah. And can you develop a traumatic reaction right. to a traumatic event that you didn't actually experience? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to having trauma create, having, hearing about trauma secondhand having it create right the same negative effects right in you more generally which is what you're saying vicarious trauma more specifically when you think about the narrow definition of it that's what it means i think i think yeah i think the um what research would say vicarious trauma are that those cumulative effect of hearing those things over and over and over again um Oftentimes you see therapists, and, and, and this is where I've done most of my reading in this area, is as, as a trauma therapist, I just, I'm also concerned about what this is because it, it seems to be that um, there is enough research to support that people in this field who hear these things over and over and over tend to have outcomes of, of that are not good. Yeah. And so um, that is what they consider vicarious trauma. Is there a similar pattern here where I know with, like with PTSD, for instance, the vast majority of people who are exposed to a traumatic event do not go on to develop PTSD or have a traumatic reaction to the trauma. Right. right? Only, only about three to 10% of yeah, people. Right. Yeah. Right. Kind of wild um, in a good way. Um, now there are certain events that kind of have higher rates of sure. PTSD, but yeah. But overall. the point is a lot of, just mm-hmm. because you are exposed to something traumatic doesn't mean you are going to develop a, tra- a, a long lasting traumatic reaction. Right. Right. Like PTSD or something like that. Right. So are, are, is it is a similar sort of proportion at play when it comes to vicarious trauma? Like, because like, frankly, as a therapist, you, you hear about 
maybe it's not like classic trauma trauma, but you, you hear about like tough stuff all day, every day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like there are plenty of therapists who, you know, it's, you know, it's difficult to hear that kind of stuff, but it doesn't necessarily scar them. Yeah, and I, and I think research is a little unclear here because you hear a lot of um, terms like therapist burnout or job right. burnout, and there's probably lots of reasons for that burnout, but it all gets kind of labeled burnout. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't know. That research is probably there. I, I don't know. What, I'm not that familiar with it to know, but I, I imagine this is what you see when, when you're burned out or you're anxious mm-hmm. or you're depressed. And, and um, I, I know on my, on my, um, um, my residency or, or our internship, um, I did a lot of trauma work, a lot of trauma cases kind of every day. Um, and I, and I, although anecdotal, I could understand how if someone's hearing a lot of these, um, or doing a lot of these sessions that might impact you right. over time, but it's more about the way you begin to react to that stressor in your life, which I think it makes it much more like a lot of other anxiety, depressive disorders that, that set in after, you know, repeated exposure to, to an environment that's fairly stressful. Right. Yeah. Right. So what's different about people who experience vicarious trauma then? Like what are they doing differently in their response that leads it to be a problem? Well, I, well, I guess the impact is that you're, you're maybe not being mindful of how repeated exposure to these stories is impacting you. You're not aware of that. And it's changing your perception of yourself or your perception of the world around you. You might be becoming more jaded, mm-hmm. more withdrawn, um, coping behaviors, self-medicating. Maybe that you know you're you're, you're doing gotcha. some of the same similar things that you might see your clients do, and avoiding certain situations mm-hmm. or topics or places or things. Or you, you, you kind of see the effects of of a stress reaction there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about what about we're, we're, we've been talking about this in terms of like clinicians or professional, like firefighters or doctors, doctors, or, stuff like that, um, having vicarious trauma affect them. But what about, what about people who are not in those roles? So I'm thinking of like, what if you have a family member with a, a really like, what if you're a caretaker, right? For a family member with a really stressful disease or condition, right? And so your daily life, you are, you're not being afflicted with this disease. And so it's not, it's, it's more, but you're constantly in contact with this other person's affliction or struggle or, or stress or whatever it is. And it's reasonable like, to suppose that, uh, you know, just continued exposure to that kind of stress would have an impact on your mental health. Yeah. yeah. So would you think of that as vicarious trauma as well? I don't know that it would be true. Well, I think the trauma part comes from, um, the idea that you're hearing a lot of really scary, um, very emotionally evocative, very um, distressful kind of stories. And th- that, that is the particular kind of brand of what is leading to your um, distress, right? I, I don't know that it is necessarily an indication of your reaction as, tra- as traumatized, but more that you're vicariously being impacted by this stuff over and over and over again. What's the difference between stress and trauma? Maybe this is part of where I'm getting hung up. Hung up. Like, uh, there's well, lo- lots of things that are stressful, but it seems like there are certain things that are deemed traumatic. Well, yeah, I think um, a trauma may be a more intense type of stress. Stress, a stressor, a stress basically would be any change in your environment you have to adapt to. Right? Okay. Um, and so, a trauma would be an example of an extreme. 
So it's a different intensity, of quantity, yeah. not quality. Different of in, difference of intensity, not kind. I would think. I would think. In in a difference. Well, because like I, I don't know, like if you you hear about when you hear about trauma, you hear about things like um, you know everything from uh, rape or assault to natural disaster or mm-hmm. um, war. Stu- war. Like yeah, kind of. It's it's basically defined as any event that would likely uh, experiencing or witnessing any event that would likely cause in, in injury or death. Yeah. Mm, okay. To you. Or to the person involved, right? Okay, yeah. So if you're if you're standing on the side of the road and you witness someone being run over a car, mm-hmm. that qualifies as a you have now witnessed a a extreme event of mortality gotcha. or injury, and mm-hmm. that would qualify you for experiencing a criterion uh, A one stressor, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to something that's just like like if you're caretaking for someone who's it's very, it's very stressful. It's very grating. It's very energy sapping. It's very frustrating, you know, like even to a pretty extreme degree, that's not exactly traumatic because it doesn't involve like literal sort of potential for death um, or serious injury. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. That 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 would be, yeah. So, so both, both would definitely be stressors. One is just acute and intense and involves mortality basically. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Where were we? Before well, no, you I sidetracked think... <laughs> me from my brilliance. Just trying to understand. Just trying to just a, just a dummy yeah. on the other side of the desk trying to understand. Yeah. So the, I, I think the idea behind vicarious trauma is it, it is your kind of it is a distressful reaction to hearing traumatic narratives over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine people on suicide hotline call centers. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these kind of individuals who just are repeat nurses, social workers, these people who are kind of constantly hearing about traumatic events over and over time that can cause some cognitive distortions to form. You know, you're, you're jaded. You're looking for um, evidence to confirm that the world is just a horrible, right. rotten place. Yeah. And yeah. And, and it, it takes its toll. Hmm. Yeah. But it may, it, it, Vicarious trauma doesn't mean necessarily that you have a trauma reaction to it. Right. See, that's yeah. confusing to me. It like is that's... actually. Um, and I feel like that's, I think just on a general level, distinguishing a traumatic event from a traumatic reaction is really important. I think a lot of people, even clinicians don't necessarily, I think can kind of get fuzzy about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, because it's not, it's indirect. Basically the, the impact is indirect to you and not direct. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's where I think a lot of the, um, the muddied waters, as you say, where where people are kind of looking at this, going, "Hey, wh- what do we really think is possible here, and, and not?" Yeah, it's also one of those things where we like we we use the word trauma very casually in everyday language too. It's like, "Oh, so traumatic at work today," you know? <laughs> Don't like, we though? Yeah, Todd flipped me yeah. off in the hallway. <laughs> like, it's just. And as a trauma therapist, I'm always keen to like when people use the word trauma, and it's like, "Wait, yeah. you know, this is so traumatic," and I'm like, "Ready? I'm ready. What do you got?" <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. And you see the same thing with depression. Oh, I was sure. so depressed or like, yeah. oh yeah, I got so worried. I had a panic attack. Like, mm, yeah. It's a term like, of hyperbole anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's, well, but part of it is like, it's, these things are hard to delineate specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you get in the habit of using them because as sort of emphasis, um, but then it just sort of becomes your new normal. Um, okay. And it's, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I, th- I do think this is a thing. I think it's much more, I mean, this is a similar f- I mean, it's basically like maybe a, a, a different type of burnout 
where the the stress of the the job and what it requires you to, to do it. just really has an impact. And this is a particular type of that for people who hear about trauma for a living or frequently enough during the course of their work that it has an impact and it starts affecting the way you feel and think about yourself and the world around you. And therefore the, the way to kind of address these problems follows from a lot of um, what we talk about, which is kind of being mindful of what its impact is on you, um, trying to be aware of your thought processes and, and, mm -hmm. and how you're thinking about things and then not avoiding things as, as, as if you have kind of that anxious reaction to, uh, this, you know, you're not calling in sick all the time. You're going to work. You're, right. you're doing your job. You're going to the conferences. You're taking care of yourself. And I would think this would be especially problematic in a lot of these professions we've described because they're full of people who are, um, they're in this profession because they want to help other people. So by definition, they're used to sort of putting aside, you know, if you're a surgeon and you're like, well, you know, I'm kind of feeling sort of tired today. I don't, I don't know if I really want to do surgery on this person who's going to die from internal bleeding. Like, no, you just suck it up and you do it because that's yeah. what you have to do. Right? right. So I would think this kind of vicarious trauma could creep up more, more easily than people think in this specific population because they're used to saying like, well, how I feel isn't really that important in the context of like, I'm saving lives. Like this is what, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. but you do that long enough. It, it can kind of snowball to the point where you're not going to be very good at saving people's lives if your life is a mess yeah, because you yeah. haven't taken care of this stress that you're chronically exposed to. Yeah, you know, anecdotally for me, this shows up when um, I'm, I find myself really kind of reaction, reacting to shows and movies sometimes. Like mm -hmm. I'll just say I'm not going to watch that because it yeah. has a rape scene in it or whatever. You know, you watch it like... Uh, criminal SVU or something and you're like, oh, I'm just not going to watch that, you know, or right. I start avoiding kind of those gotcha. things that remind me of trauma or, you know, I just turn off the news, not watching that anymore. And, and, or, you know, you find yourself, um, man, I'm having two glasses of wine tonight. What's going on here? Right. You know, instead of the one that I usually See, have. this is another reason why I think we should have kept PTSD under anxiety because if you talk <laughs> to anyone who treats a lot of anxiety, you know that when people come in, how, how anxious they feel is a less good predictor of the severity of their anxiety as how much avoidance they're doing in their life. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure why it was removed from anxiety disorder because I, like you, think that this this appears to be much more akin to anxiety. But there's, there's a, I think, a, um, a claim to be made that PTSD is such a special thing because the origin is kind of known, unlike so many other, the etiology is a traumatic event, and we know that. And so I think there's a... <laughs> It's weird, but, but in our field, the amount of skepticism on my unique. face right now, if this was a video, <laughs> but I, I understand your argument and I definitely admire the points to it. <laughs> hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.